0: gathered here in the sanctuary with us this morning and also to those listening on radio and watching us on Facebook live. I do have several announcements before we start our service this morning. First, I want to say thank you to the praise team for the wonderful prelude this morning, and I like them up here on the stage myself. So, uh, and announcements. There will be a congreg- congregational meeting following this morning's worship service as we vote on repairs to the chimney and also tearing down part of that chimney. So we'll talk about that later in our church's meeting. Our daily bread booklets are back in the sanctuary here and also at all the entrances. Those are good from June through August. The next wonderful Wednesday meal is May 26th. These meals are open to the general public, so if you know of anybody who would like to join us for a meal that evening, please let us know. Uh the menu that night will be hamburgers, hot dogs, salad, chips, and cookies. Just to mention again, that meal will be May 26th and is from 6 to 7 p.m. that evening. Our last announcement today, I'd like to call Pastor Joel up here to deliver that.
1: Thanks, Jack. I uh, just want to follow up with the comment Jack actually just made here already. Uh, you guys noticed for our prelude this morning, our praise team singers were up here on the stage, which is a little bit of a change of where they've been this past year as they've continued to lead us in our congregational singing for worship. And I just want to encourage you all to, to think about why we, are, why we worship together. Um, it may be a change in location, but it's certainly not a change in purpose, right? When we gather as God's people, we gather to praise God and to worship him together. I want to remind us all of our of our mission statement. This is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and how to how to encourage us in it and how to keep it as a focus. And this is a great opportunity for us to do that. As a church, we're called to be a community of faith to engage biblical truth to provide an environment where people mature as disciples of Christ. And we say that that there's these e statements that I call them that that explain how we're going to do that. And the very first one is that we're called to encounter our creator. There's lots of ways to do that, but certainly one of the main ways we can do that is through worship. By worshiping God together, keeping our focus on Him, and worshiping with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what we do here on Sunday mornings. Uh, Whether, you know, no matter who's up here or who's leading or how that's being done, our main focus always and forever should be on on worshiping God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And doing that together as the body of Christ. So, just a moment, Jack's going to come back, and and we're going to stand and read our call to worship together and then worship God together. I encourage you to stand and worship with us as we worship our Creator.
0: Thank you, Pastor Joel. And now as we start our service this morning, those who are able, will you please rise and join me in our call to worship? This morning it is taken from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who do not lift up their souls to what is false, who do not swear deceitfully, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Please remain standing for our opening praise song this morning, Son of Heaven.
2: This is the world. i
0: You may be seated. And now, will the children come down for the children's chat with Carolyn Lammers?
3: you have cereal this morning for breakfast no good makes you gives you energy what's this one say can anybody read that one life Life. so when i get up in the morning and i want to be energized will this give me life
2: Mm. you think so uh-huh.
3: Who is our life? Do you know who our life is? Jesus. That's right. Jesus is our life. We're not going to find life in this box of cereal, are we? No.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's right. You're just going to find cereal. So Jesus isn't in this box necessarily, is he? That's right. Good answer. You can have that paper. Now, how do we get Jesus' life? How does he give us life? Huh? We have to talk to him, don't we? And ask for forgiveness for our sins. Can little girls do that? Yes, they can. Can little boys with puppy dogs do that? Yes, they can, can't they? Can grown-ups do that? Can mom and dads do that? And grandpa and grandmas do that? We get a new life because our sins are forgiven. Now, Jesus keeps our lives going by providing us with what we need. What do we need? Food. 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 Yummy food. Food. That's how he keeps I, I it. I food at home. I'm glad. You have food at home. And what else does he give us that we need? What else do you think? He gives us love. Very good. What's he give us? Family. Family. is very, very important. And what do we live in? A house. A house. So he gives us food and family and most important, love. And that keeps our lives going, doesn't it? It gives us everything we need. Now, we have life because Jesus lives in us. And don't ever forget that Jesus leaves, lives inside of you. And will he be with you forever? Yes. yes. And will he take care of you in good times and bad times? We do worry about that, do we? Because he's going to take care of us. He really is. And we're going to talk about something today. And do you know what this is? What do we have a picture of here? That's not an angel.
2: Where's he going?
3: He is, and that's called the ascension. After Jesus rose from the dead, he said he would rise from the dead. Remember? Remember? And he spent 40 days telling his apostles and disciples everything they needed to do. And then, according to the plan, he was going up to his father, God, in heaven. And that's what Pastor Joel's going to talk about today. And all of that gives us life. All of that is a plan that he has for us. But how do we keep ourselves going? How do we show Jesus that we love him and we pay attention to what's going on? Do we eat more life cereal? No, we don't. Our families can help us read the Bible till we're big enough to read it ourselves. And we go to Sunday school. And we go to church. All of that's very, very important to keep us going, isn't it? He shows us how we need to live those lives, new lives that he's given us. So all those things are really, really important, aren't they? So who gives us life? Jesus Jesus does. Does he give us everything we need? Yes, especially love, doesn't he? Is he with us always? Oh, come on. Sounds secure. Hey, is he, is he with us always? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Will he always be there to take care of us yeah. and comfort us and celebrate when good things happen? And how do we learn about him? By
2: going to Sunday school and reading the Bible.
3: Perfect. You guys are such good students. Aren't you sad school's going to be over? Yeah. No? <laughs> All right. Let us say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, bless these children who are striving to learn more about you, that they understand that when we talk about the ascension of of Jesus Christ, it is a very important time and very special in the plan that God has for us. Be with us as we go out today and as we celebrate your ascension and all that you give to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, kids. You guys can head back to your seats. At this point in our worship service, we're going we're to prepare our hearts and minds to, to collect the offering here this morning. Our offering this morning does go to support Katie Miller, who serves with Young Life in Piqua. Um, Katie's one of our newer designated offerings, and just as a reminder, she is uh, a local person as well. She's from right here in New Knoxville, and it's a, it's a joy to be able to support her and her ministry and the calling that God has placed on her life. And so our offering this morning is going to go to support her ministry there, and I encourage you to give as you feel led to do that. I also want to encourage you to be in prayer uh, for her and her ministry, but also all of the other prayers and concerns that you may be aware of that are listed in our bulletin or that you may be carrying in the sanctuary here this morning. In our sermon a little bit later in the service today, we're going to talk about how Jesus is seated at the right hand of our father and is always interceding for us, which means that that we when we pray, we know that he is alive and he hears us and that He is the one mediator between God and man. So, so we have a, a very unique privilege as Christians. We can pray right here, right now, and we know that our Father in Heaven hears us because of Jesus uh, interceding for us at His right hand and because of His Holy Spirit living in us. So, so keep that in mind as we pray together this morning. But at this time, before we go to prayer, uh, let's, let's take up that offering to go to support uh, Katie Miller in her, in her ministry in Young Life. I want to invite the deacons to come forward to collect the offering at this time and invite you to listen as the choir blesses us with music this morning. Amen. amen, amen. I invite you to remain standing as we continue to praise our Lord and Savior together. Uh, The next praise song is How Great Is Our God. The words are in your bulletin. I you to pray with me. Father God, you are, you are great, and your name is certainly above all names. Your word says that there is no other name under heaven under which men must be saved. And so we thank you, Lord God, that you have saved us, that you have redeemed us through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, that is the greatest gift of all. That is the greatest joy, and that is our, certainly our greatest hope. That, Lord Jesus, you died for us and you rose again and you are now seated at the right hand of your Father, ever living and interceding for us. And so, Lord, as we come to you in prayer this morning, we know, Lord Jesus, that you hear us. We know, Holy Spirit, that you are with us. And we know, Father God, that you hear us as we pray. Not because of our goodness, not because we deserve it, or we've somehow earned a place in in your court, Jesus, shed for us on the cross. And so we lift up our prayers and concerns to you this morning. We pray for Katie Miller and her ministry with Young Life in Piqua. We pray, Lord, for not just material blessing and financial support, but, Lord, we pray for uh, fruit in her ministry. We pray for spiritual blessing on her and all those that she ministers to. And we pray, Lord, that you provide for her in a multitude of ways, um, especially, Lord, through the prayer and loving support of, of churches like us, and another, others, Lord, who come alongside her to support her. Lord, we also pray for our own church family and the, the needs and the concerns that we carry into this sanctuary this morning. Lord, there's, there's many of us that are carrying burdens that others don't even know about, but you do. Your word says that you know the number of, of hairs on our head, that you know the, the concerns and thoughts of our heart before we even say them, before we do even ourselves. And so we entrust ourselves to your care we pray for our brothers and sisters in christ here in this room as well as those who are listening on the radio and those that are watching on facebook lord we pray that your will would be done because your will is what is certainly best for us in our lives and i pray lord that we as your people would seek out your will in our homes and our families and our communities and certainly in our world and may we as a church be the body of Christ. May we be the hands and feet, your hands and feet in this world. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated.
4: The scripture reading today is from Acts one, verses one through eleven. In my former, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all about Jesus. Began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of forty days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seeing him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you so much. Let's pray together again. Father God, as we open your word here today, I pray that you would guide our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me words to speak. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So Allie and I have uh, had the opportunity, I don't want to say privilege, but we've had the opportunity to move a few times uh, in our marriage. And one of the first moves that we did almost together was when we graduated from college the summer we got married. We each moved back to our homes for a few, uh, few weeks, a couple months um, until the wedding day. But, but when we left Indiana, right, we were moving away from our, our very close friends, friends that had really become family to us. And so, and so when we moved, it was, it was kind of a sad, sad moment for any of you who've moved and had to leave behind friends and family, you know what I'm talking about. And over the years, Allie and I have had the privilege to stay in contact with them and go back and visit them from time to time. And we try to be very intentional about staying in touch with them. I remember one year when we were out visiting them over a weekend, and we were driving back on a Sunday um, to, to so Allie could go back to work the next day. And This was before kids and all of that stuff. We were out visiting and just had a wonderful time. And we we're talking on the way home about how sad it was to leave behind our friends. right? These friends who, had already, who I already mentioned had become like family to us. And every time we went to visit, it was just such a wonderful time, but then every drive home for five hours in the car was, was this sad, just Uh, A moment of just realization that we were not going to see them again for quite a while And we're thankful for the opportunity to 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 connect with them through technology and those sorts of things But it's just not the same as being in person with with your close friends and family I share that story with you here this morning because we're going to look at a story here in scripture of the time when jesus departed from his disciples now imagine what it must have been like for the disciples. They've been on a roller coaster of a few weeks, hadn't they? They had, they had seen the, the teacher, their mentor, their friend, this Jesus, who they'd lived with day in, day out for almost three years. They saw him arrested, crucified, and buried. Right? For some of them, they thought maybe that was it. Right? They thought that was the end of their knowing Jesus. But three days later, he rose from the grave and, and over the course of 40 days appear to them over and over again. And, and imagine just the, the pit that they were probably in and then the joy that they felt at the resurrection, right? This Jesus that they had known and loved was back, right? He had conquered death. He had, he had risen from the grave. And so he is now going to be with them and had appeared to them multiple times. But here as we see in the account in Acts chapter 1, right, Jesus is now about to depart and be with his father. Imagine the the sadness that they must have been experiencing at that moment. They they finally got their they, they got their Lord back, right? And now he's telling them he's gonna go and he's gonna and he's gonna leave them behind. But in John chapter sixteen, Jesus had been preparing them for this moment, just as he prepared them for his arrest and crucifixion. In John sixteen seven he tells them, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. That seems kind of strange, doesn't it? Why is Je- how could Jesus possibly say that it is for our good, it is for our benefit, that he is going to go away? Wouldn't it be better if Jesus just stayed here from here on out? Right? He's, he's resurrected, he's going to live forever. Wouldn't it be better if Jesus just stayed here on earth and to, to teach and to guide and to direct us? How can he possibly say it's better for him to go away? How is it to our benefit as his disciples, as his followers, if he's going to go back to heaven to be with the Father. Well, I'm going to talk this morning about a few things. And they're coming right from Scripture about why it is better for Jesus how that that he is going to be with the Father. I'm going to tell them all to you up front here so you, you get the gist of it, but then we're going to talk about each one in turn. It is better because Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. It is better because Jesus is going to send his Holy Spirit to be with us. It's better because he is now seated at the right hand of God. And it's better because he will come again. Now the ascension, today is Ascension Sunday, and we're talking about this. A very important part of Jesus' life and ministry, his ascension, and then of course his His lordship at, at the Father's right hand. But it's a part of Jesus's life and ministry that gets maybe a little bit less attention than the rest, right? We talk a lot about his death and his resurrection. We talk a lot about him coming again, but but we don't focus so much on his ascension all the time. I bring this up here this morning to to illustrate a point. This is my Christian theology book that I got in seminary, right, that sits on my bookshelf. Um, You can see I've obviously read all of it, of course, right? There's, it's right here. There are 1,200 in 53 pages, not counting the index and, and all of that stuff in the back of the book. The author devotes a total of two pages to the act of the ascension, right? 1,253 pages, two of them are devoted to the actual act of the ascension. Now that seems like a very minor detail. So why why is there a day in the church calendar devoted to it? Why are we spending our time here this morning talking about it? Well, even though scripture shows very little attention to the actual act, right? We see it here. It's mentioned just briefly at the end of Gospel, the Gospel of Mark and here at the beginning of Acts chapter 1. But the, So the act itself receives very little attention from Scripture in this particular theology book. But the effects, the benefit of the ascension, is, is seen all throughout Scripture. And it's seen all throughout the pages of this book. So while the act of the ascension receives very little attention from, in that sense, the effect of it, the benefit of it, is, is obvious throughout. And that's what we're talking about here today. And so let's go back to those four points. The first one, it's better for him to go to be with the Father because, one, he is preparing a place for us. And we see J- Jesus talk about this very specifically in John chapter 14, verses 1-6. through 6. Again, he's speaking to his disciples, and he tells them this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me." My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas, right, we've talked about Thomas these last couple weeks, always there to to ask a question. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 6, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So in his death, Jesus took our place, right? He took the suffering and the punishment that we deserve because of our sin. And so by dying, he conquered sin and death. And in his resurrection and ascension, he goes before us into eternal life to prepare a place for us to be with him also. So if Jesus died for our sins, and we experience forgiveness because of his shed blood on the cross, then we will also experience eternal life and new life because of his resurrection and ascension. And he says just as much there, he's going to prepare a place for us. This is actually very much a a wedding kind of motif here. Now, on that day, when when a couple was engaged, the bridegroom would actually go back to his father's house and spend time away from his fiancée. He would go back to his father's house in order to prepare a place for his new family to live. Maybe they'd add an addition out back or they'd prepare the rooms that were already existing. But it was the bridegroom's responsibility to go home and prepare everything for his new bride. So when all of those preparations were complete, the bridegroom would then go to his fiancé's family, meet up with his fiancé and bring her back home to be with him. And that was part of the wedding ceremony establishing that for their new life together. That's what Jesus is talking about here, right? He's going to prepare a place for his bride, the church, so that we can be with him forever. And his ascension prepares us, prepares the church, for our own ascension. He goes now, but we will follow him later. And in fact, in, a, in, in one sense, we are already seated with him at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Scripture is very clear that we are in Christ when we put our trust in him. Right? We, are, we are in Christ. So if Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, in some spiritual sense, we too are there with him. Just in, in, a, in a spiritual sense, just as we will be in a real, literal, physical sense at the resurrection. And notice, too, that this brings hope for our current and present circumstances. In John 14, 1, Jesus tells them, don't let your hearts be troubled. This is a word of comfort for them there and now, just as it is for us here and now. Because Jesus is preparing a place for us, that gives us hope, that gives us encouragement and comfort for whatever circumstances we're going through, because we know that that promise is sure. So that's one benefit. Let's look at the next one. He will send his Holy Spirit not going to take much time with this one because we're going to talk about in more detail over the next few weeks beginning on Pentecost Sunday next week. But let me, I read to you John 16 7. Let me read to you the second half of that verse. I only read the first half. Let me read the second half now. It says, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, and there he's speaking about the Holy Spirit, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is going to be with the Father. And the reason he's going is so that when he ascends into heaven, he will then send his Holy Spirit to be with us. And why is that better, right? Because if Jesus is here, if Jesus is on earth, he's in his full humanity, right? Jesus is fully God and fully man. In his humanity, he's restricted to one place. So if Jesus was here on earth and we wanted to talk to him, we'd all have to go to where Jesus was. Right, That's what you see in the Gospels. The crowds would follow him from town to town wherever he went. But if he sends us his Holy Spirit, then God can be present with us anywhere and everywhere. Here in this sanctuary, sitting in your home, listening on the radio or watching on Facebook, right? driving in your car down the road, if God's Holy Spirit is in you, then God is present with you wherever you go. And in one sense, that is certainly better than Jesus being here, restricted a location, but we'll talk more about the implications of that over the next few weeks. We also know that Jesus is, it is better that Jesus goes because he is now seated at the right hand of God. There's a lot to unpack here, but I want to focus on a couple, just a couple things. One, if Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, that means his work in salvation is done and complete, right? He is seated because he has done everything that is necessary for you to be saved, He died on the cross in place of our sins. He rose from the grave to demonstrate that he had conquered death and sin. And so he is now seated at the right hand of the Father as a way to show that his work is finished, right? Think about what Jesus said from the cross and what what the the Father says from the throne in Revelation 21, right? It is done. It is complete. It is finished. Which means you don't have to work anymore for your salvation because God has already done everything that is necessary through Christ. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he provided purification from sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Right? Jesus says it is done, and he is now seated in glory because he has accomplished what we couldn't accomplish for ourselves. But seated at the right hand also means that he is interceding for us. Right? Jesus is our great high priest. He is the one mediator between God and man, which means that, that he is alive and he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for us. It says that in Romans 8.38. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died and more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Right? What, a wonderful, what a wonderful picture that is for us. We know that we have an advocate, someone who is, who is pleading on our behalf because of Asian, but our everyday circumstances and troubles, right? We have a direct access to God and confidence in Christ because of prayer. Which, because of what Christ has done, we can have confidence in prayer. All right, think about that. If we have direct access to the God of the universe who created us and sustained us, that means we should pray accordingly, right? That means that should change how we think of prayer, right? It's not, it shouldn't be an afterthought. It shouldn't be a formality. It should be a very real and very serious thing that we commit ourselves to because we have access to God through the Son. Finally, we see the other benefit is that he will come again. The Bible is very clear about two things related to the second coming of Christ. He will come again. And we have no idea when that's going to happen, right? That's very clear from Scripture. Only the Father knows the day and the times. But what we do know is that he will come again, and we want to be ready for it when he comes. I love this, this scene in Acts chapter 1. As Jesus ascends into heaven, the disciples are just standing there staring up at the clouds, right? And all of a sudden, these two angels say, what are you doing, Right? I feel like sometimes we spend our lives staring up at the clouds just waiting for Jesus to come back. When he's, when he's sitting there telling us, what are you doing? Right? He tells that, that Jesus has already told the disciples what they should be doing, right? going and being witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We talked about the Great Commission last week. So as Christians, our call isn't to just stare up at the sky waiting for Jesus to come back. Our call is to be about the work and the mission of Jesus in this world which includes loving God, loving others, and making disciples. So that when Jesus does return, we will be found faithful. That's why it's better for Jesus to go to be with the Father, because he has He is preparing a place for us. He is sending us his Holy Spirit. He is seated at the right hand, and he will come again. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you have given us your word, and you've given us... Lord, a a wonderful picture of the ascension and its significance for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are now seated at the right hand of your Father, ever interceding for us. Let us not forget that and let us live accordingly. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we prepare our hearts for communion this morning, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing uh, the first verse of hymn number 105, He is Lord. I invite you to stand and sing with us. Seated. I invite you to pray with me as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. Father God, thank you for this time. I thank you for this bread and this juice, which represents your body broken for us and your blood shed for us. Lord Jesus, you are seated at the right hand of your Father in majesty and glory precisely because you laid down your life for us. It is through your death and resurrection, Lord, that you have redeemed us for yourself so that we can sing your praises and be with you forever. So as we take this bread and this cup, Lord, we ask that you would bring to mind those things that have, that, the, the ways that we have fallen short. Lord, we are all sinners in need of a Savior and remind us of those things, not to, not to, to, to condemn us, Lord, but to convict us so that we may bring those things to you, confessing them as sin, repenting from them and turning towards you. And as we take this sacrament to our comfort, Lord, remind us that we are loved and forgiven through the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and by putting our faith in him. We pray these things in Christ's name, amen. Just a moment, I'm gonna have the words of institution and invite you to come forward and to take this sacrament to your comfort. We are gonna serve at the altar today. There'll be two stations on each side. I invite you, if you're able to come forward, if you're not able to come forward or choose not to for any reason, there are going to be a couple elders who will bring communion to you. Just try to grab their attention. Um, We'll come down the two side aisles and then come back up the center aisle together. In 1 Corinthians 11, the Apostle Paul says, I've received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Messiah, invite you to come forward and take this holy sacrament to your comfort. I invite you to pray with me as we close our service this morning. Father God, thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the, the ministry of your bread and your cup. We thank you for what it means for us that you have died and rose again, that we are forgiven, not of our own accord, but because Lord Jesus, of what you've done for us. And now you fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may live for you in response to the grace and love that we have received through Christ. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Now, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You may go in peace. Just a reminder for those that are members of our church family, we do have a brief congregational meeting. I invite you to stick around for that and give us just a a few moments to transition into that time. Thank you all for being here today.